0: What is happening? Welcome back to the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. Beside me, I'm Griffin Gonzalez. Beside me, the two legends over here, Matt Cohen, Jared Rigdon, as we're getting ready to get back in the swing of things. Another episode of the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. Now, guys, I want to start off real quick question. Uh, Last time we were in the studio...
1: It was a long time ago. A long time ago. A lot's
0: <laughs> happened. Here's a list of things that have ha- happened since the last time we've been in this studio. The entirety of the NFL playoffs happened. Uh, the government shutdown began and ended. Is about to begin again, I believe. Uh, Mike DeBoard's retirement. Uh, quick. quick. It was a very time. quick, <laughs> quick, quick, <laughs> quick <laughs> <laughs> retirement. Uh, it lasted literally, I think, what was it, four days? Five days?
1: And it wasn't very long. Around there. And then yeah, he, he got, hired as, already. got hired as Tom Brady's former coach was the uh, was the was the was what the press release said. Wow, <laughs> great,
0: great. Uh, IU basketball seven game losing streak happened. Devontae Green was suspended and reinstated, and IU canceled class for the eighth time in the last 100 years. So guys, good to be back. Uh, in the middle a, of a flood. In the middle of a flood. It's <laughs> raining. Uh, it's. You know, get the arcs ready. It's it's happening. Uh, Apparently, Indiana Avenue is closed right now. Hmm. Indiana Avenue? Yeah, it's good. I I parked there, so good. I'm glad it's closed. (laughs) Looks like I'm not leaving today. Um, But anyway, guys, moving forward, I want to start off with this question today. Uh, Thoughts on rain? Just overall scale of one to ten. What do you give rain? In general, uh, that's a
1: very broad category. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna go with go the solid three. I'm really not a fan of rain. Never have been. Uh, don't really? Like, don't like driving in it. Don't like walking so in it. So you're soft? No, I just don't. Because rain,
0: sh- rain is basic. <laughs> do you also not like showers? Because it's basically <laughs> the exact same thing. Oh, man. No, it's, it's... Ra- There's no difference between a rain and a shower. Yeah, but Jared. I don't want
2: to sit in in so class and soaking wet clothes, though. Uh, that's why they have a We're rain change jacket. clothes. Uh, where am I gonna change in class? A bathroom? So that's way too much effort. So you just, just wear a okay. jacket. I have a jacket. It got wet, Matt. It's raining a lot outside. Matt's no, keep Okay, no, we're um, done with Jared for the
1: day. So um, I'm gonna give rain a little bit of a higher score. I'll go with a five, just because I kind of, you know, I don't enjoy having to walk through, especially rain like today. But makes sure some pretty cool photos. On Bethesda,
2: they just chauffeur you around That's
0: That is not true. Mm, It Um, is
2: true.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I'm giving rain a solid nine. If you can't walk in the rain... Because there's two emotions. One, you're either walking through the rain like you are getting ready to go up to the woman of your dreams and tell her how you feel about her. That's the one time it's raining. The other time is like when you're running in an action movie and it's pouring down rain. So if you're ever running late to class, you feel like a total BA because it's just like rain's pouring down. Also, I think... Uh, hot take of the day. I tweeted this out today. Uh, people who use umbrellas are soft. Uh, just general people who use umbrellas, incredibly soft. I agree. Um, suck it either. up. Yeah. Take the rain like a man. Get wet. You're fine. That is a you great will, take. You are not the wicked witch of the west. You are going to be okay if you get wet. That is a great Let's take. Chill out, especially especially with like college girls. They like have all their designs on their umbrella. Like it's almost like they're trying to flaunt it. I don't appreciate. It. But speaking weird, f- weird flex, but okay. Speaking of raining. IU football reigned in a fantastic signing class Good 2019. Good segue. Thank you. Thank you. That's why they gave me the big bucks. <laughs> um, but hey, listen, uh, IU football bringing in a pretty solid 2019 recruiting class. Top 40 for the first time since recruiting was tracked by 247 Sports since 2002. Um, and IU football has had some talent. Uh, coming. You had Feeney, Sudfeld. You've had some solid recruiting classes, but Tom Allen really bringing in, I think it was 37 was the number, a great recruiting class for this next IE football year.
1: Yeah. I mean, not only is this a solid class, it is by all rankings, the best class in the history of Indiana football. Mm. This is quite literally the best class Indiana has ever had. With that comes expectations. Um, In year three of Tom Allen, there's going to be a lot of expectations. I think uh, Teddy Bailey and I were talking about this earlier on our uh, other podcast. You should go check it out uh, at the Hoosier Network. Um, There's a lot of talent, and Tom Allen is going to have to take advantage of it to the tune of a bowl game. There should be an expectation of six wins this season at a minimum. And that is largely as a result to IU basically has four gimme wins on the schedule, um, in Eastern Illinois, Ball State, Rutgers, and UConn. You never know; it's they play the games for a reason. Uh, but those are four games IU should win. So you basically got to pick up two more wins in other places. They should be able to do that. One would hope. Um, so th- there's reason for expectation though, because you got. I believe four or five uh four stars coming in, five star long snapper. A lot to be excited about.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh Tom Allen on average uh in the last four years I use average recruiting ranking. Tom Allen made one of the biggest leaps uh for any program in FBS this year. I mean this is uh this is a revolutionary recruiting class, especially for Tom Allen. Kevin Wilson had some solid ones. They just never panned out but this one for Tom Allen figures to be pretty strong and you got a lot of guys returning that that played a lot of snaps that were freshmen and sophomore. I mean, this senior class this year is only going to be 13 or 14 players. So you got a lot of experience coming back now, and you got a lot of talent. And now you got a new offensive coordinator uh, and Tom Allen. Uh, let's go with the defensive coordinator responsibilities of full time as to focus being full time head coach. Uh, so there's going to be, like you said, a lot of expectations and a lot of people expecting. Big things that is how you program this year.
0: I think expectations are huge, but I'm going to go back to what Matt said. You said six wins is the no. amount. Keep in mind, football isn't, I don't think football is like basketball. You can't progress a freshman as much and yeah. uh, you know you you can have a three star freshman who's going to come in and not play till his late mm-hmm. sophomore junior year. So you got to give him a little time for growth here. And I think a great example of that Madison Norris from HSE last year. Top I think he was a three or four star really great athlete, uh track and field runner. Um uh, just overall great athlete redshirted this year. Yeah. Well, they you know, didn't so, need him. So
1: I don't mean just like saying that these freshmen are going to put them over the top. I think that you're also considering the Jared talked about the amount of experience on this team you only have what like 13 14 seniors you said but that's because a lot of the the core of this team i think is the is the sophomores and the jun- the rising sophomores and rising juniors um especially you know in the wide receiver core on offense you got jack Tuttle coming in so i think there's a lot of guys that do have some experience that are gonna that are the reason why the expectations are high Kevin the standards of value football the, right now. And the thing
2: about that is, is these these guys are coming in, they're going to push those yeah, guys exactly. that have that have quote-unquote secured spots. Samson James is going to push Stevie oh, Scott yeah. to be better and Larry Tracy is going to push those cornerbacks to be better.
0: Bill so Robbins too the these guys one. are coming
2: in with lots of confidence that they're going to start right away and those other guys are going to have to take winter practice and spring practice and summer practice very seriously if they expect to have a job come next August.
0: That's key. And I want to start with you, Jared, on this question. Uh, Lots of recruits coming in. Favorite recruit for you?
2: I've been intrigued by uh, Cameron Williams for Mm -hmm. a long time. And this is a guy that comes from Indiana, but a lot of people forget about him because he's from Andrean, uh, way up north in the region. Not a lot of people... Remember that uh, they're not a big powerhouse up there in uh, in northern Indiana. But this is a guy, six three two o five 205, uh, uh, can play outside linebacker, can can line up on the end. He's a fast guy, a big guy, and he's a guy that IU really wanted for a while. He went down to the wire between IU and Purdue, and IU was able to grab him out of Purdue's neighborhood up there. Uh, this is a guy that Tom Allen likes a lot, and, and he's going to push those guys on the line to to make plays early in summer practice because if they don't cam williams going to do that and he's going to
0: come in and he's going to play right away i think so i'm going to go here because i know you're going to say it before i can so i'm going to go at first and i think it's the guy that you think iu football 2019 recruits you're going to think of this guy and that's 201 mullen damn it uh (laughs) sorry i mean i'm just going to be honest here i mullen is a three-star recruit. He's an All-American. However, he's a cornerback from the state of Florida. Four-star rivals. Uh, 247 has a three-star. But I'm going to hold that, but hold both rankings here. Because what he brings energy-wise, we haven't even seen him on the field yet. His ability to get people excited for this indie. I mean he is all over Twitter every day tweeting people the movement for IU football, this is it this is now, we want to win, we're going to do it, like just that positive attitude not only does it resonate what Tom Allen believes and wants for his program but when you can get a recruit who hasn't even walked in the door of the practice facility yet acting like that, getting excited like that, firing people up like that forget what his stars say that's a guy coming in with a 3 stars that might walk out as a five-star first-round draft pick. Um, Because that energy is going to transition into work ethic, and that work ethic can bring something even more to the table. And he is the kind of guy, one, he impressed a lot of people at the All-American game. I mean, he had a fantastic game. He had fantastic practices leading up to it. He can bring something big to the table for this IU football team, and I think that's exactly what he's going to do freshman year until however long he stays.
1: So I, I have to ask you, do you think, and you mentioned this when, when when you were talking? Do you think this recruiting class for IU football is obviously different, you know, states of the program and everything, but the equivalent of the Cody Zeller class for basketball?
0: That's tough um, because I think like while the Cody Zeller class was very good, it also in a way. I I mean underperformed with the exception of Zeller. I mean Jeremy Hollowell did not bring much to the table, if anything at all. Uh Peter Jerkin, Honor Mascara Parade were the years after they didn't they weren't good. So I'm not gonna go out and say that. And you really can't rate a recruiting class until I think you have two years with them. That's fair. Um because that's when you really know, okay, you know, we we have an interview that we're gonna listen to later today on the podcast. But uh you as Brian Spielberg with tracking football said, you know it is not a perfect science. There's no accuracy to this. Things happen. Things don't work out. A player tears his ACL first week of practice. There's his career. Um, so I think you got to give it a little time before you call it the you know, greatest recruiting class ever because – I mean, keep in mind, you have a class that produced at Nate Sudfeld. You have another class that produced great offense. we we've had great offensive lines here at Indiana University, which is another common trend in this recruiting uh, this year. But it's kind of be interesting to kind of see what's going on here.
2: I'm going to kind of hop on what you said there, Matt. I and mean, you talked about Cody Zeller's recruiting class, but you got to remember the only other two guys in that class are Austin Dunnish and Remy Abel, who both mm. transferred out after their sophomore years. Well,
1: I think I meant more just what it means to the what program. It mean, I,
2: I don't think they have—IU does not have that one guy— that stands out, but it's a, it's the collection of guys. The collection of guys that are out there being active on Twitter. They're, every time a recruit decommits, if he has any IU interest, they're over there commenting on his tweets. They're saying, come join the new wave. Come join the movement. This is like this is what you want out of your recruits. You want a collective group of recruits that are going to come in together and say, we have this one goal and by our sophomore, by our junior year we want to be competing for eight, nine win seasons. We don't want to be competing for a six yeah. win season. Yeah. We want eight or nine win seasons. We want to be Pushing Michigan, pushing Ohio State to get better every single day. Yeah, and, and I think another take, I
0: you know, what really from a fan perspective rather than a media perspective for point here, what as a fan, what it would excite me about what Tom Allen's saying is while he's very happy with this recruiting class, he only got two out of five guys he wanted to yesterday. Um and That's, let's be clear, five five out of those five guys were in the running for IU football. Yeah. It wasn't like IU was like a five percent recruiting, like they were in it. Yeah. Um, they weren't expected to get all those
1: guys nor did they have the spots for all of them but still the fact that they were in it to- the totally fact that they're competing you right. know
0: we used to Three years ago, we were competing with guys from MAC teams. Come here rather than Ball State. Yeah, you won't play your freshman year, but you'll get a chance. Now we're recruiting with guys like Maryland, like uh, Florida Florida State, 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 Auburn, Auburn, Mississippi State, maybe not Alabama and Clemson, but we're competing with guys who are here, who are competing on the national stage now, and that is something to be excited about because that tells you that the movement is, there's a momentum. There's yeah. a momentum with Tom Allen. There's a momentum with recruits, and you can say Tom Allen's job is in jeopardy if he keeps bringing in top 40 recruiting classes. His job won't be in jeopardy. Yeah, that's just it, the way it's going to work. Think
2: about it. I mean, he already flipped Samson James from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big win. With might the we add
0: the night after, the night after we got yeah. murdered we, by Ohio State in he Columbus made, last mm-hmm. year?
2: He Mike Penix had a lot of Florida State interest. He was able to to secure Penix away from Florida State. I mean, Tom Allen is going after – he's not afraid to fight those big programs in Florida to get the guys out of Florida that he wants. Florida's a hotbed of recruiting, and he likes those guys, and he's going to go get them, and he is getting yeah. them right now.
0: All right, guys. I, I want to wrap this up. Um be just because of time here but final question you know a big common theme with iu football is one word what's your one word uh you know players have been tweeting out their one words for 2019 uh stuffing stuff like toughness perseverance strength faith etc teamwork uh for you personally i'm gonna start with matt here your 2019 season what's your one word for iu football I sound like I, Michael Dugan yeah, right now, yeah, a little bit. Um,
1: I do think it's expectation would be my one word, and I'm going to explain it on like what Michael Dugan would want us to do. Um, I think it's expectation just because of the talent in the program right now, um, and not just the talent, but also the change to offensive coordinator. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about going into the 2019 season, and with that excitement, as I talked about earlier, you gotta you gotta do something with that excitement. There's people excited about this program. It is February, and people are excited about IU football. That doesn't happen normally. Um, but you got to produce on it, and that, I think that means a bowl game. You need to get to a bowl game this year with the talent that's coming back that's going to be developing, with talent that's here in the freshman class is going to be pushing these guys because, as we talk about a lot, iron sharpens iron the competition it's going to have, even if the freshmen don't win the jobs, are going to make the other guys better. So I think the expectations are very high this year. For, for IU football standards... I must say swagger. You know what,
2: D'Juan Mullen has swagger. Oh, that guy is coming in. He's talking the talk, and now he wants to walk the walk here at IU. And these guys, these guys, got to come in as freshmen and and go out there and and if you make a big play in practice, make it known to the other the upperclassmen that you're here. To, you're here to do your job. You're here to make plays. You're here to you're here to win games. Okay, this is a team that needs to have. Uh, a spark within the program, and this freshman class is going to do that. But also, these guys that are returning and and upperclassmen need to have some swagger. Go out there, make some big plays, make some big hits in practice. Show them what you're here to do.
0: I'm going to go with the single word that just keeps coming up in conversation. It's compete. Um, Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. With the roster they have now, with the talent they have now, um, I don't think IU football is on a pace to beat an Ohio State next year. They're probably not going to beat a Penn State team on the road. They're probably not going to be able to beat Michigan at home. But it's the but what's different game. this year is they're going to be able to compete yeah. in these games. They're going to be able to hold their own. And not just in the first half. It's going to be a close game until the finish. And I think that's going to be the ongoing theme and you're going to see it in practice too you're going to see guys competing for spots we have a three quarterback race right now kind of like what we had last year Penix is phenomenal he shows what he can do he's not doing it much right now because he's injured but he shows what he can do um you have Peyton Ramsey who say what you will about Ramsey I know a lot of people aren't hot on him but at the end of the day considering his situation Put up pretty decent numbers for an IU football quarterback last year. 21 games over the past
2: two years. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then moving forward, you have a new guy, Jack Tuttle, who has proven that he can be a four star quarterback, just needs an opportunity and the right offensive mindset. And I think that's going to be key. It's going to be not exactly what quarterback is best or what performed best this year, it's going to be, okay, which quarterback fits with DeBoer best. What quarterback fits with Deboer's system best? And it's not—it doesn't sound to me. We were at that press conference, Matt. It does not sound to me like Deboer's going to be the guy who wants to throw 50-yard passes three times a game. Are four yards. Oh, he's
1: throwing it a lot more. He than wants that. to throw.
0: He, he wants to throw the ball a lot, but I don't think he's going to throw it downfield. He wants to. I feel like he really wants to nickel and dime it down the field, but he wants to be consistent. Yeah, we're so, not going to see a lot of Kevin Wilson. You're not going to see yeah, a Kevin so Wilson.
1: I don't know if I completely agree with that. Just in the regards of that, everything I've been told from some other interviews I've done with people out at Sioux Falls is that Kalen DeBoer played wide receiver in college, and you're going to know he played wide receiver in college based on his offensive schemes. That may not mean chucking the ball down the field the whole game. I think. We're going to see more shots than we saw with Mike DeBoard um, just because I think depending now, it also depends on what quarterback you use because he's gonna, you know, he's not gonna ask Peyton Ramsey to go out there and throw a 50 yard bomb once a drive. Um, but I, I do think we're gonna see a little bit more downfield action than we saw with Mike DeBoard. Um, that doesn't, again, doesn't, I think that means shots like enough to not have the defense creep up to the line and be expecting some of these short dink and dunk passes for the whole game.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up our IU football talk. We're going to now move on to Indiana University basketball. Uh, by the time we're recording this, obviously, Iowa game tonight. So we're not going to talk a lot about that since by the time you are listening to this podcast, the Iowa game will be played and done and over. Um, so today we're going to really focus on the season as a whole. Where are we at right now? Where? How did we get here? Okay. So we know that really strong start they started 12 and 2 really good start wins over marquette louisville who are proving to be some of the best teams in the nation right now but uh, marquette has actually exploded uh, mm-hmm. butler eh. they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're yeah more, they're butler's that that yeah butler's a very yeah team um but right i mean let, we could make the argument Chicago that <laughs> we could make the argument that iu has also been a very <laughs> team um that's that's the new soundbite of the show we're just going to say yeah <laughs> yeah uh oh, but oh, anyway <laughs> moving forward uh you know just kind of start off to talking to me guys what is this team where are we it's very confusing but where are that's we that's a now? great question well, uh, if if we are traveling from Indiana if we're traveling from bloomington to Indianapolis right now where are we because that that's my question where's this team at right now
2: uh, I would have said that they had Before the Michigan State game, I would have said they had broken down before they got to Martinsville. (laughs) We're on the the bypass. (laughs) I think they've passed Martinsville right now with Michigan State. And obviously, it's to be seen what's going to happen after this game. Will there be a letdown or will they continue to play hot? But this team is... It was really on a rocky track. And then, you know, you hate to say this, but maybe the Juwan Morgan injury at the end of the first half, maybe that uh, contributes a little bit to bringing this IU group together. I mean... (laughs) Uh, they get Daron Davis back. They get Devonte Green back. Those two junior guys, which haven't been true leaders, but they are also veterans. They've, they're the only ones that have ever they played at Michigan State before. Uh, these are guys you get them back, and now they're they seem to be right back on the right track.
0: Jared, I agree with you a lot. I think you're right. Um, for me personally, I think the team is kind of on a route right now where the car has been broken down, but we're also getting the car fixed. But like you know the car still has that ongoing issue. Oh yeah. <laughs> that inability to shoot a three-pointer consistently, the health issues, the uh, very similar to a car. It's just you, you can't get all the pieces working together at all the same time. You never know when that check engine light's going to hit. <laughs> exactly. But when all the pieces work together, I'm going to be honest guys, when the team comes together and they're playing their best basketball, this is a top 10 team in the nation. And that's extremely hot take, but I firmly believe that. I firmly believe this is one of the best teams in the nation and can compete with anybody with the exception of Duke when they are playing at their absolute best. The problem is they haven't played at their absolute best since the Marquette game. I wouldn't even say they played at their best at Michigan State. There were still a lot of flaws in that game. Michigan State helped them out. Yeah, yeah they Michigan a State lot of and throws. the officials, we need their Venmo. They did yeah. a fantastic job. We need to pay those officials. My Big goodness. Big 10 refs. <laughs> but anyway, you know the Michigan State game, I would also say, you know, not our best game. Uh, we fouled a lot. We had a lot of turnovers. Devontae Green made some Devontae Green decisions, and we struggled as a team. But now it's kind of, okay, how do you take that momentum and get more than what we got versus Michigan State? And I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Michigan State game I think is such a weird part of the schedule because if you had showed me that whole eight-game stretch of from Michigan to Michigan State and asked me, is there one game on there that you are 100% confident IU is not going to win, it was the Michigan State game. I feel like that's a more of a difficult home court than what you see at the Chrysler Center for Michigan. Um, I just was very confident IU was not going to win that game, even before the seventh-game losing streak. And yet, somehow they won it. I think and, I think
2: <laughs> the thing about the Big Ten this year is every team's going to go to that yeah. stretch of play that they're going to struggle. I mean, Michigan State, right after losing to IU, they go and lose to Illinois, Illinois. on the road. And those are two of the—according to the standings, two of the worst six yeah. or seven teams in the Big Ten. Uh, and they lose to both of them. I mean, they lost Josh Langford, which is going to hurt them a lot. That's one of their big leaders. Uh, But the Big Ten's just so tough. I mean, Purdue went through a stretch, and now Purdue's playing hot. Michigan has not quite gone through a stretch, but they've dropped some games through here, through the Big Ten play. So this conference is just so tough that, I mean, if you're not putting it all together on one night, I mean, it's not going to do anything good for you because you're going to struggle a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, just but I think just the confidence they got from the Michigan State game, even though they got helped out with Michigan State missing free throws, I I do think that's – probably the number one reason why they won that game but still to go into the Breslin Center hit 10 threes and win in overtime I the confidence that's going to give to this team um just coming off of a seven game losing streak they they needed that so badly and no matter what they do the rest of the way their resume still has wins over Marquette Michigan State and Louisville and I don't know how many other teams in the Big Ten even have that resume
0: all right one game you want back go
1: Nebraska why um and i realized that this this losing streak included games against Northwestern that they could have won and Rutgers that they gave up a 22-0 run. Nebraska I want back because that was the second game of the losing streak. Um you didn't really expect them to win the Michigan game. Um but if they can at home beat a Nebraska team at that point they were 12 and 3, i believe. Um you, you don't really lose much of the momentum. I mean, it was a home game. That's a good you we expect IU to win, um, and the a Nebraska team that now, post the injury to Isaac Copeland, has looked not great at all. Um, even though they had Isaac Copeland then, but that's a game I want back because maybe if they win that game, the momentum isn't really, you know, starting to snowball into that seven-game losing streak.
2: Jared, I want the Arkansas game back. I mean, it wasn't. A, it's not a bad loss by any means, but you get that win right there and you got a lot more confidence going into Duke. Maybe you're still yeah. going to lose to Duke, but yeah. maybe you don't get blown out as bad. Maybe some things just don't go the way they do after that. But if you get that Arkansas win, you now have two quadrant 1 road wins. You've got four overall and you sit a lot better early in the season than you did late and they DeRon Davis makes one tip in and IU is sitting a lot more pretty than they are right now. I mean, obviously Rutgers and Nebraska, Northwestern, have not gone their way. But Arkansas, you get that second road quad one win. It looks a lot better for the resume down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to go the uh, Rutgers loss or the Northwestern loss um, just because both of those are very winnable games. And I think IU wins that game nine times out of ten. Um, but given the scenarios, given the streak they were on, there's just not a chance yeah. there. I mean, and there just wasn't. I mean, when you come in like ugh, four in a row, like – that's gonna hurt. It's gonna yeah. affect you in a bad way. It shouldn't, but it does. Um, when you go into Rutgers, I mean, it's Rutger. Like, win, win. Yeah. Like, and I think that's kind of the momentum, and that's kind of what IU fans were upset about during that seven-game losing streak. It's not that they don't like Archie. It's not that they don't like the team. It's not like that they don't like Deron. It's that We're not. They weren't playing good. Yeah. They weren't playing it smart. Was a they were playing lack very yeah. lack. Like, it, it's kind of. It just goes back to this. Fine. Go 6 and 12 or go 6 and 20, but show some heart. Like, if you are 6 and 20 and you just don't have talent, you don't have a Romeo Langford, you don't have three-star recruits, that's fine. But show effort. You expect nothing else. Like, it goes back to that age-old thing when you're in the classroom and you have a teacher and you're not good at math. That's fine. But that teacher better know that you put in the effort to be better yeah. because I, you're going to get a lot more grace and you're going to get a lot more respect if you're putting the work in. It's just you're not good at it. Yeah, I That's wrote, fine.
2: I wrote about this after the Rutgers game, which was, uh, I mean, they started off strong. They had a nine-point lead before Rutgers blitzed them for that, what, 27-2 to two run or something like that. I mean, the team, IU has more talent than Rutgers. I don't think there's any denying that. But at some point, the effort just wasn't there. Romeo Langford was not getting back on defense. Jake Forrester bless his heart he's trying but he's just not there yet but he's not setting screens with his feet set he was getting stupid fouls early and often this team wasn't showing any effort against Rutgers and that ended up coming back to bite him and that's not going to look like a
0: good loss all right guys I want to move on here final question before we move on from the basketball side of things um, really quick, five seconds or last answer, just because of time here. What needs to be changed right now for IU basketball if they want to have a chance to go to the tournament, uh, even have a ch- fighting chance in the Big Ten tournament?
2: Uh, I think you had to look at Devontae Green, De'Ron Davis, Juwan Morgan, Zach McRabbs, Got to sit this team down like, all right, here's where we are now. We got over that hump. We beat Michigan State, the losing streak behind us. Now let's focus on the last ten games of the season. Archie Miller talked about on his radio show, the last 10 games. Forget the first 10 games of conference play. Focus on these last 10. Get the momentum heading to the Big Ten Tournament and put yourselves in a good position come Selection Sunday.
1: Matt? Effort, effort, and more effort. At least, please show some heart on the court. Don't just stand there and watch on offense. Move the ball. Move on both, especially more offense. They were fine on defense overall, but please show some effort on offense.
0: Uh, My final thing is I think it comes down to – Two things, free throws and three-point shooting. If you can hit the three on a consistent basis and your free throws at a consistent basis, this team can be something else. This team can be better. This team can be different. Also, spread out the offense. Swing the ball a little bit. Be patient. Um, I think the past 10 games, what you really have seen, they have forced a lot of the offense, and that's the reason there's not getting much of it. They're forcing a lot of it. They're trying to make stuff happen that's not happening, and at the end of the day, you've got to change up the offense a little bit and do a little rotation, more passing. kind of goes back to that ancient, old Hoosier saying, three passes or more on each possession. That can't hurt this Hoosier basketball team. But at the same time, you don't want to force it with the amount of passes because sometimes it gets to a point where no one wants to shoot and then it's just a cluster. It's not good. Um, Guys, final question here about IU basketball. A little fun question here. Describe the year so far in a restaurant chain. And why? Matt, you said Long John Silvers.
1: I went with Long John Silvers because uh, it's a lot about confusion. Uh, I would be confused why you're going to Long John Silvers.
0: Have you ever met somebody who enjoys or has even ever been to a Long John Silvers? I have never met someone who's been to Long John Silvers.
2: Ah, there's a Long John Silvers near my house, but I've never been. Jared.
0: (laughs) I've never met somebody who consistently goes to a Long John Silvers. If you're listening to this podcast and you go to a Long John Silvers, we need you to call. We will right. put you on I would contact the phone,
1: us yeah. ASAP. I would be very confused why you're going there, and it's for that reason I'm very confused about this season. That's why I went with Long John Silvers. Jared.
2: Well, I went with uh, Wendy's. I why? Mean, Wendy's. There's, there's a lot of good at Wendy's. I am a big fan of Wendy's, but also there's some stuff that I'm like— what are you guys trying to do here? Like why are you trying there's some promotional items to put out every once in a while. I'm like, I don't they don't know have what you're ranch trying to do on the French fries. Like the uh, kids
0: junior baconator.
2: Uh, is there any ranch on that? Uh ma'am, I need you to keep you head your turn. <laughs> um, there's some weird stuff going on there, but there's also some good stuff, and I think that's with IU. There's some good stuff. There's some interesting stuff. I'm not really sure what they're doing sometimes, but overall it's it's pretty solid right now. And this club is is still pretty solid even though they they st- they've struggled.
0: In the last seven or eight games. Alright, I went with five guys, and here's why. Whenever I eat at five guys. Which is very often. Which is very often, I love five guys. I walk in, I'm feeling good. Like I I know what I'm doing. I know the order by heart. Bacon cheeseburger, medium fry, but they know to up to a large. You walk in, you're feeling good about that five guys. You take a few few bites, it tastes so good, and then it hits your it, and then you just feel <laughs> gross. You feel <laughs> disgusting. You feel like it's churning, and you're not even done with the burger yet, and you just feel so di- – like you feel like you put on 50 pounds, and you feel disgusting and mad at yourself. If you have if, if ever eaten at Five Guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about too. Don't even lie about it. No one has ever felt good after enjoying a Five Guys burger. But anyway, you finish it, and then you, there's this mid-turmoil, halfway through where you're just like, do I want to finish? And then you finish And it's so good, but it's so bad at the same time. So that's kind of where the question mark is. Are you going to keep eating the burger and just feel gross about it after the season's over? Or are they going to finish now and enjoy their healthy eating stomach and go eat a salad across the street? Because I think that's kind of the two paths you have right now. You can either implode on yourself after one big win at the road, or you can keep going forward and keep building momentum. Like Jared said, those last 10 games can be very important. And if you can walk out with... Eight wins and two losses, which I think is very possible for this team. Uh, let's be honest; we've seen the schedule. It's very possible for them to walk away with only two yeah, losses. If you,
2: sit, if you sit with eleven losses heading into the Big Ten tournament, that's going to get you into the tournament in yeah. the Big Ten.
0: series yeah. yeah. And I mean, especially with the games they have left. I mean, it's good teams they're playing. I mean, there's not such thing as a bad team in the Big Ten anymore. There's just not. Penn State, you can make the argument, but Penn State, Penn State still competes. Still took Purdue to yeah. overtime. They still compete. But anyway, moving forward, IU women's basketball. Last night they fell to Minnesota, 65-61, and just a heartbreaker of a game. They were down like 10 the entire time and came back really late and won by Worthen uh, with 28 seconds to go. Makes it a one-point game and just came up too short. Uh, Didn't get the shots to fall there late, and Minnesota walks away off of foul shots. Uh, But, guys, the big loss last night comes as Allie Patberg, uh, just a heartbreaker, fell in the third quarter. I was actually right in front of it. I was filming the game last night. It was right in front of it where it happened. It looked like she fell on her, like she was diving for the ball. She fell on her right shoulder and you almost saw it pop out. It popped out of the socket. Um, According to Terry Moore, we have no updates on what her status is, where she's going. She apparently had x-rays last night, so I think maybe the team is getting a good idea of it right now, Uh, but us as media have not been notified of what's going on there yet. Uh, but just a heartbreaker there guys really quick. Just tell me about Jared. I know you've been to a lot of the games and you've been watching this team pretty closely. Like I have tell me the impact that Allie Patberg had. I mean, it's huge. I mean, first of all, this is a, this is a girl that's been
2: through a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, a lot of knee injuries in her time at Notre Dame, which caused her to fa- kind of fall out of favor and end up transferring to IU. But this is just a girl that just loves to play basketball. And you hate to see that because, uh, Allie Patberg always has emotion. She's the, bonafide leader of this ball club. He's kind of grouped them together in a, in a season that maybe everyone didn't think that they would be that good, and here they are. They sit 38th in the RPI, 17-7 overall, surely on their way to an NCAA tournament appearance if they can just keep everything together here, but it's just, it kind of drains the energy out of this team because this is a girl with so much passion, and now you don't know if she's going to be there or not, and then you got to step up and look to someone else, like maybe a Brenda Wise. Or uh, Bendu Yaney or Kim Royster, like, okay, where do we go now and who's going to take the leadership role of this team?
0: Yeah, and I think Bendu Yaney showed last night she can step up. I mean, she's, she, and Grace, I mean, Grace Berger, too. Grace
2: Berger, yes. Uh,
0: just, terrific ball handling skills and you you really don't see it on a stat sheet either but she can really dribble the ball extremely well um Morin even said last night in the post-game conference she played point guard in high school Morin doesn't know if they're going to move forward with that I think the ideal lineup would be Berger at two and Bendu at the one um but I just think moving forward it's tough because Allie's so good at, you know, maybe every night she's not good at scoring. We've seen her struggle the past few weeks oh, yeah. scoring the basketball. But at the end of the day, what Patberg's main job is there is not to score the basketball. That's a Jalen Penn. That's a her job is to dish out the ball. Her job is to control the offense. She is the Terry Morin on court. And I think she was so phenomenal at that role. And some would even argue she was better than a Tyra Bus at that role. Um, because she was just so phenomenal at setting up teammates, getting the play to develop, and being unselfish. And that's what this team really, really needs from Allie Papyr. Now, is the season dead That now that she's possibly gone? No, I don't think so at all. I think this team still has a lot of talent. Um, It's a deep team. It's an unselfish team. So one player goes down, you still have a lot to fight for, and you still have a pretty strong roster. Um, But... Uh, it's a heartbreaker. Hoping for the best for Pat Berg. Uh, she's, like we've said, battled a ton of injuries um, and just has battled a lot of things in her career. And just kind of hope for her sake that she can get back soon and healthy and ready to go. Um, want to go back here. What needs to change here? Six games left in the regular season before they had the Big Ten Conference. Uh, tournament. What needs to change for this women's basketball team,
1: Matt? So, given that I don't follow the team as closely as you guys have actually have been covering the team, um, I'm going to turn this actually back to a question to to you guys. And looking at the roster, um, and if Patberg is going to miss time uh, for however long that's that's going to be, what do you think Jalen Penn needs 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 to do from a from a scoring perspective?
2: I think what she's doing right now is she's a really good. Three point shooter, she's got to get more consistently. She got to be more consistent driving to the basket. Okay. She's a really good three point shooter, spot up shooter, but she's got to be, be able to draw fouls, get to the bucket, just like Ben Duyani does. Ben Duyani does an excellent job of getting to the basket. She's not always the best at finishing around the basket or making her free throws, uh, but she's got to get in there and draw contact and force everyone to come around to the basket because once she does that, she can kick it out to a Bruno Wise that'll hit a shot and she can. She can kick it out to Yaney, who will kick it back out to her to make shots. Jalen Penn is going to be the offensive leader, take control of what Pat Berg was doing, and be able to dish the ball out while also shoot the ball. Be a, Become a natural point guard, even though she's more of a two, become a point guard and be a facilitator for the rest of the team.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think Penn really stepped up last night after Pat Berg. She had 12nd half points after Pat Berg left. So, really stepped up late. I think what Penn could really excel on... Um, And it sounds so cliche, but, I mean, using the backboard. Using the backboard is so crucial. I think sometimes she just tries to lay it in. I think if you use the backboard, your shooting percentage only goes up. As for her three-point percentage, I I think she needs to keep shooting. They're not all going to fall. They didn't all fall last night, but that doesn't mean you need to stop shooting. She needs to keep shooting the basketball. And, yeah, I would argue even more. Um and she needs to keep her confidence up and Terry Moore needs to I believe needs to keep reassuring her that she's extremely strong and she can continue to play big because frankly she can be the reason this IU basketball team continues to play well on the women's side or it can be the women they could be the reason they st- take a step back is how her play is determined. And I think the same could be said about Kim Royster. The same could be said about Ben Yaney. The same could be said about any player on this team. Because I think that's what's so nice about this women's basketball team and how it's set up. They are all relying on each other. Uh, Kim Royster has a great game against Nebraska. That propelled them to win. Um, You know, uh, Allie Patberg has a great game against um, Rutgers on the road. Uh, They didn't win. But they played a hell of a lot better than they usually do. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with this team now. You're going to see them progress. You're going to see them play harder. Uh, and I think they are really strong as a team and as one consecutive unit. And that's what hurts the most about Pat Berg is it hurts you because she's so good at the team aspect of things. But at the same time, it's going to hurt moving forward because you're going to take a step back. And they
2: have six regular season games
0: left. They're 17-7. and seven. They've got four
2: Quadrant One wins. Uh, but you still have—they're going to Michigan next week for two games. At Michigan State, a team they've already beaten at home, and then at Michigan, a team they've also already beaten. But they have three games left against teams in the top 25 in RPI. You win one or two of those, and you handle business against Northwestern and Purdue in those last two games of the year, yeah. which they struggled to the first time around. But should be able to the second time around. Yeah. If you can secure one or two of those top 25 RPI wins Purdue's a win at home. and handle your business against Northwestern and Purdue, this team is safely in the tournament. I think if you mm. drop four or five of those games, you're going to be sweating it out in the Big Ten tournament.
0: Very true. Um, guys, final thing here. you know, We see the struggles. Jared, if you can point to one thing really quick, just one thing you want to see this team improve on, especially now that Pat Berg's gone. What's the one thing they need to do better that they have not been doing well this season?
2: And it's going to hurt without Pat Berg, but you cannot turn the ball over yep. because
0: nine last night in the first half. Now, yeah, and then against, they had four in the second, but nine in the first.
2: Yeah, and against uh, against Maryland, they had over twenty in a game mm. that they just got blown out in. It was a frustrating game altogether. But when you lose Pat Berg and you lose your go-to ball handler, your your best point guard, your leader, you cannot let teams like a Michigan State or a Michigan get out in transition with big athletic guards that are going to exploit your weaknesses in getting back in transition and rebounding because this team does not rebound the ball well unless it's off missed shots. They can't compete. They don't have that much size. So you can't let teams get out and get an advantage on you and put yourself at a disadvantage right away.
0: For me, it's it's, it's three-point shooting as the bread and butter of this team. If they can hit, they can beat anybody. If they cannot, they can't. Um, they need to be able to hit the three, I think at least a 35%. Uh, which isn't unheard of for this team, but it definitely is a challenge. I think if they can hit the three consistently, that really is able to expand Terry Moore's offense, and I think that's what they need. Um, but anyway, IU Women's Basketball, big game coming up here next. Uh, who, who do they play again? At Michigan State. At Michigan next State, Monday. next Monday. That's uh, you Get some year,
2: rest, though. Last year, the game against Michigan State kind of turned the season around. They were really struggling. and They mm-hmm. went in, up into East Lansing, uh, beat Michigan State handily, and that really transpired the rest of the season for that wnit victory
0: good could be a big win could be another big win and you know what i still think they're they're a tournament team right they're now. a tournament
2: team right now
0: right now they got to handle need, business they need to handle business especially going into that big 10 tournament they could really help winning one or two games there all right guys final part of the show hot takes for iu sports this week cohen let's let's start with you you've been quiet over there uh hot for take once. for iu athletics this week
1: Hot take for IU athletics. Uh, given that it's signing day week, I'm going to go with the signing day theme. At least five freshmen play in year one.
0: Wow, five, five start or just play? Play. Okay.
1: Well,
2: because last year uh, we had How like many 13, start? Time. How many but, start? Um,
1: because five play is kind of a bad answer. Um, I'll go with four to five get significant role, not necessarily starting, but get a good amount of snaps. Um, in terms of freshmen starting. Um I mean the cop out answer is uh is uh Sean Ratcher the, the long snapper. Um he'll start just basically by default. Um okay, well, yeah. that, that's kind of a cop out answer but it's it true. Is. Um and I really think T1 Mullen starts. I agree. Um I think he in, starts. I I think he's just he's he's going to outwork every, everyone else.
0: If he's not starting at the beginning of the season he'll, he'll start, start by point. the end. So I'll go with um
1: I say I don't want to name a third one because I don't have a good answer, but I'll say two to three freshmen start and four to five get significant playing time.
2: Jared. I'm going to go with right now in the IU basketball season with, with the questions around Juwan Morgan. My hot take is that right now Al Durham is IU's most valuable player.
0: Oh, wow. I agree with that. And I think, I I think it,
2: it correlates. You saw him go out with that freak injury against Michigan state where he looks like he dislocated his finger. He, he, According to Archie, he thought he was dying and thought that his hand was broken, but it was just a dislocated finger. But Al Durham is, has become a, a somewhat reliable three-point shooter. He hustles on defense. He makes smart plays. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot like a Devontae Green. And right now, when IU sometimes struggles to get offensive looks and struggles to play well on defense, Al Durham's the guy out there actually putting an effort, pumping the crowd up against like Michigan. Uh, this guy is, is one that you love to have on your team, and he's taken a lot of strides in his second year here in Bloomington.
0: All right, my extremely hot take is going women's basketball right here. Uh I use remaining schedule is at Michigan State, at Michigan versus Rutgers, versus Iowa at Northwestern and versus Purdue. I'm saying they lose one of them. Which one? Which one, yeah. <laughs> uh I'm going to say it's either going to be mm, it's either going to be Michigan or Michigan State on the road. I, I can agree there. I think
1: mm.
2: I think if
0: if they have Pat Berg back, they lose one. If they don't have Pat Berg back for the remainder of the year, they lose two. My guess is Rutgers is gonna be hard to beat without I say, Pat Berg.
2: I'd say they lose at Michigan State, but then they go into Michigan, beat Michigan, and that transpires for the the season. They win out and get to the Big Ten tournament. Who knows how it goes from there? But at least they're sitting pretty if they if they can only
0: lose two games in their remainder schedule, they are a tournament team. I think. I agree. It's going to be you're really hard. Twenty one and
2: nine to heading it. to the Big Ten tournament with what could be five or six quadrant one wins. It just tell me how they don't get in. It's tough because <laughs> their <laughs> non conference schedule not, isn't that tough. And that That's that, tough that loss to Grambling it. State just does not look good, no matter how you put it. Well, Grambling
0: State's not terrible. They're
2: two hundred in the RPI.
0: All right, so they're terrible. Sub two hundred
2: <S laughs> loss in the RPI, and that was the first. That was that was one I didn't get, but. That we've moved on since,
0: but then. you still yeah. beat a South Dakota team who was pretty strong. Yeah. Michigan State, which was ranked at the time, don't uh, know Penn State. Right now, I mean, you do have good wins, but it's you got to be able to. I mean, you beat Michigan State at home; uh, that was a big one. Um, but you just got to find a way to. They hung with Maryland for a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> you got to find a way to keep it rolling, and I think if this team can, uh, they're dangerous. That wraps up our podcast for this week. Great content, guys. We're going to try to get back in the booth, uh, sometime soon. We're scheduled uh, for next week. Well, definitely next week. Yeah. But hopefully, we can get in here a little sooner than that. Uh, break down some more IU basketball versus Iowa for you. Um, uh, but anyway, for Jared Rigdon, Matt Cohen, and I, this has been the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. More content to have next week. More co, more special guests to come next week, hopefully as well. Uh, but this has been the end of the podcast. We hope to see you next time.